to the Rat Party episode of Superman Movie Minute, the show that scrutinized, analyzed, and you'll believe a man can fly-ized 1978 Superman the Movie five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Franklin, and joining me on this journey through time and space and feedback is... (laughs) Rob Kelly. (laughs) Hey, Rob, how's it going? Good, I just realized that you did the intro in the past tense. That makes me so sad. I know, I'm sorry. I just (laughs) thought it was... (laughs) Nice touch, though. Uh, well, we, we did it. We did the movie. We did we covered... it. It's done. We did it. Guaranteed passing grade. Yes, we covered the movie. All our work is turned in. Uh, you know, <laughs> we showed our work. Uh, yeah. So, so we're here. We're 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 at the end of of Superman the movie. And this episode, we're going to cover feedback from our listeners from the second half of the show, uh, episode sixteen through the end, and also give our final thoughts on the movie and doing the show five minutes at a time. <laughs> I'm very excited to to get all this, to, to discuss this, to see what other people say. What about you? So spoiler, uh, spoiler alert that my final thought will be, this was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. My final thought will be, this is still my favorite movie. Yeah, so. this is awesome. This is great. I'm glad we did this. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny, the other day, Andrew and I had mowed the yard, and I've got a I've got a pretty decent sized yard. I live out in the country, and I got about close to an acre out here, and so I've got a riding lawnmower and stuff. So he was back in the riding lawnmower into the building, the little storage building we got, and I was waiting on him to lock the door and stuff. And he's like, he's like, I'll race you. And before he even finished it, I took <laughs> off running, and we run up through the yard, and, by the, and I got a hill, and. By the time we got up to the house, he had passed me, of course, because he's 16 and got legs longer than a kangaroo. And by the time we got up to the house, I was like, uh, 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 you know, and I said, you realize this is how Paul can't die, right? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cindy's on the front porch with a pitcher of lemonade, you know, or something. Uh, no, uh, let's not get that morbid. But, yeah, it, I mean, that, that just shows goes to show you how – ingrained this movie is you know cindy puts in, in my, a big wheaties box and your daughter's like why do you have wheaties box we don't even eat wheaties and you're like oh, right. <laughs> emotional that's consideration right. that's right <laughs> but yeah it's like you know putting the lawn tractor up running up through the yeah it's like okay this is and here i am getting winded it's like yeah this is a little too close to to the <laughs> favorite movie here so <laughs> that was my superman movie minute of the day right there, there. You go. <laughs> So do you want to jump back into the feedback we got, Rob? Uh, Yeah, this is our second Metropolis mailbag, and we're going to be covering, as Chris said, we're going to be covering feedback for the episodes of the second half of uh, the series, episodes uh, 16 through 28. Now, of course, we can't read everybody's comments because there's just too many. Thank you, everybody, for who commented over on our website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. But we're going we're gonna to hit uh, just a couple of emails uh, from, from each person. So for episode 16, which was Caped Wonder, Stun City, we got comments from uh, Chuck Coletta, and we got one from Nathan Archer that says, Quick thoughts, Flyboy's voice always threw me off. So, so glad to know there's a reason he sounds so weird. I always thought he spoke about two seconds too long as well. And speaking of, great impersonation, Chris. Clark almost answering the question about Superman's favorite team always cracks me up. And I always had the same thought that Rob did. General Sam Lane was floating the bill for Lois's swanky apartment. Sometimes it really pays to be an army brat, I guess. Looking forward to finishing the back nine with you guys. Well, Nathan, I hope that you did. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and I, yeah, the, you've got to, 
it, Lois has got to be getting some kind of money from Daddy for that apartment. Yeah. That's no, right. that, that's like Bruce Wayne level apartment that she's got there. So uh, we also got a comment from Brian Linton who says, "Great Caesar's ghost." I completely forgotten about Aladdin's Superman the movie Lunchbox until Chris mentioned it in the episode. That Lunchbox carried my bologna and cheese sandwiches throughout much of my elementary school career. It was also a thing of beauty. I particularly love the side panels, which depicted various scenes of Krypton and Kal-El's trip to Earth. FYI, Lois is able to afford that swanky apartment because she invested heavily in the Metropolis Wig Manufacturing and Retail Company. <laughs> I like it. Why not? I like it, yeah. <laughs> Okay, jumping to, into episode 17, Truth, Justice, and the American Way. We, we got a message from Daniel Ulrich and one from Ange where he says, If Leslie Ann Warren were Lois and Valerie Perrine was still in the movie, I think my eight-year-old heart would have exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I guess we know that uh, Ange has a, a Leslie Ann Warren thing, too. So there you go. He's got. Uh, there's a couple women. He's Gene Tierney. He's, there's a couple of women that Andrew really, uh, the l- l- little little boy Andrew really uh, got excited about. Wow. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, can't blame him. Uh, in episode 18, in a fairy tale, we got comments from Chuck Coletta, Paul and KC, Ward Hill Terry, Luke Dobb, and Ryan Daly from our network, who says top five movie themes. Main title from Superman by John Williams. March from Maids of the Lost Ark by John Williams. Imperial March from The Empire Strikes Back by John Williams. Main title from Star Wars by John Williams. The Batman theme by Danny Elfman. <laughs> <laughs> nice that Danny could get some consideration in there. John Williams gave him, gave him a spot there. Uh, we also got a comment from Ange who says, As a kid, I thought this was the biggest waste of time in this movie. I mean, seriously, a love poem? Shouldn't Superman be out there punching the teeth out of the Galactic Golem's mouth? But as time has gone on and I have matured a teeny weeny bit, I have come to appreciate this scene. It shows the instant connection between Superman and Lois. I am glad Kidder just recites the poem and doesn't try and sing it. I can't tell you how many times in the middle of shoveling snow in frigid New England that I have looked at a family member and said, would you look at me shivering like a little girl quivering, only to be met by blank stares. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's pretty funny. <laughs> just really, really clears the room if you say something like that. Uh, yeah. We also got a comment from Martin Gray who says, Great point from Chris about Can You Read My Mind being Lois composing an article. That's what old hacks indeed do. I never considered that Metropolis was New York. Blimey. The main theme is wonderful, so perfect. The love theme is gorgeous, but the planet Krypton is just a lot of old foreboding. Great with moving pictures, but not terribly memorable. I had to turn on Apple Music because I couldn't bring it to mind. Oh, see, now that now that's where I have to disagree with Martin. I think the Krypton theme, it always there's parts of it that, like, I guess because it kind of works in it's kind of the same theme as the fortress theme too. And so a lot of that is like ingrained in my head. I guess it's because like going back to Ange, it's the whole icicle thing with me and finding the crystal, you know? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he thinks about Lois when he's shoveling. And I think about when I see an icicle, I'm like, is this the one that's going to make the fortress? I'm not sure. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Episode 19 was your weight and my IQ, which that's great, by the way. Uh, we got, <laughs> Thank you. Got comments from Chuck Coletta, Ange and Ice D. And uh, David A. Gutierrez, the executive producer of Pod, Dylan wrote in to say, why would anyone have a problem with Reeves' take on Clark Kent? The whole point of the Metropolis version of CK is to fool people, to blend into the background. In reality, we know that that'd be total BS because Clark's a tall mofo, even with his intentional slumping, and looks like a male model with bad eyesight. But you know, either a viewer buys the premise or they don't. This might be because I'm biased. Never took to the Adventures of Superman TV show. 
Leave it to see Franks to squeeze in yet another mention of Burt Reynolds. <laughs> and I think Rob might have, have a calling as the new voice of Clark Kent and Superman. I haven't heard such a powerful voice acting since Kevin Conroy became Batman. <laughs> oh, to hell with you, Goody Harris. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, as we covered on JLU cast, although it's not out yet, Rob, you, you know, you do make do pretty good George Newburn Superman when he's in pain. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, I'm really looking forward to the new show on the network that David Escudieres is going to be hosting, Sing Eagle Sing, with tribute to the Eagles band. I'm really looking forward to that show. <laughs> it's going to be good. Uh, so. and, I, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just write in and and tell him how wrong he is for liking the Eagles. For, exactly. You know. <laughs> Switcheroo. Uh, so, episode twenty was about face with our guest Michael Bailey. We got comments from Michael Bailey. David Is Gutierrez, Robert Markham, Brian Hughes, Mark Baker Wright, Ward Hill Terry, and Groovy Mike Decker, who says, Chris and Rob, thanks for another thrill-packed episode in the Amazing Adventures of the Superman Movie Minute. This is my favorite movie of all time, with the 1933 King Kong a close second, so your show has become event listening to me every week. Thanks also for having Michael Bailey back on. I'm a regular listener to his podcasts. In fact, it was from Crisis to Crisis that first got me into listening to podcasts and eventually led me to this fine network. But the Fortress of Bailey-Tude hasn't been updated since the 1st of January, and I've been going through withdrawal. Hey, man, I need an overlooked Dark Knight fix, and I need it now. Back on topic. Since you guys are heading for the finish line, I'd like to cast my vote for the follow-up Superman 2 Movie Minute. Theatrical cut only, please. Meanwhile, I'm looking forward to NetWeek's show. Well, uh, Groovy Mike, uh, we will address that uh, at the end of uh, this episode, the whole Superman 2 movie minute thing. And I know Overlook Dark Knights put out like two episodes in the last month, so I think you're I think you're in a better place now, Groovy Mike. So, yeah. <laughs> Okay, episode 21, Bags of Humility, which is <laughs> mine and Rob's like going back and forth. That's our mantra, Bags of Humility. <laughs> it's our, uh, that's our, the title of our communal autobiography. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we got comments from Spinks Magoo, Tim Price, uh, who is a favorite on Oh Hot Moo or Not, David Ace Gutierrez, <laughs> Chuck Coletta, and Gord Tolton. Ward Hill Terry wrote in to say, Rob, I was reminded this week of another actor who, in my honest opinion, changed his appearance by donning glasses. William Holden in Born Yesterday. That's a good – I never thought about that. I've, have you ever seen Born Yesterday, Chris? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever seen it. That's good. It's a, good, it's a co- great comedy. Yeah, I think William Holden does look he, – he kind of – plays it differently too he does look different with glasses i i completely forgot about that that's a good call uh, word we'll have to do that on film and water sometime it's a that's a great movie and william holden is always good so yeah nice. oh yeah i have to cool. wonder if that was influenced by superman <laughs> maybe yeah, it could be. because it it's from the 50s so superman was already you know around and famous by then so interesting well, sure um so episode 22 Testmacher peaks with dan greenfield we got comments from groovy mike decker chuck coletta Ward Hill Terry and Tim Price, who says, It's so fun listening to you guys dissect the sight gags. This is a movie I've often played in the background and don't actively sit and watch until it gets to the big stuff. But still, the Tessmacher Peaks gag must have been cut off in non-letterbox versions. So sly and funny. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I didn't... That, that, is, that joke is right there in plain sight, but uh, so many people miss it because, of course, you're not looking at that part of the screen. It's What a, what a great gag. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I, I definitely think it's... I don't think I ever noticed it before, before the letterbox versions became the version, you know, on DVD and stuff, because I'm pretty sure as a teenager, I would have been like, huh, 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 you know, so... <laughs> Uh, number 23 was You Diseased Maniac with John Trumbull. Uh, we got comments from David A. Scudieres and Max Traver. And our buddy Gene Hendricks says, As far as the missiles go, I always thought that the Army missile was the one that Lex wanted to hit the fault. When Otis screwed up, 
He then has to switch gears and get the Navy missile to hit the fault, knowing that the Army would be on extra guard now. That's why he's telling Otis to get get it right this time, even though he's not the one making the changes, because if this one goes wrong, they're out of backups. The fact that it's going to hit Hackensack, which is so close to New York City Metropolis, really should have worried should have him worried more. I guess being that far underground, he figures it's a natural fallout shelter. <laughs> Maybe I so. I figured that, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. And we also got a comment from Brian Linton who says, even at eight years old, I could see my daughter killing my wife and me at the end of a typical day when she's tired and cranky <laughs> if she had Superman's powers. It would be like living in that Twilight Zone episode, It's a Good Life with the omnipotent little boy. <laughs> <laughs> so your daughter's Bill Mooney there, I guess, yeah, so... <laughs> Well, that is a disturbing episode of Twilight Zone. If we never hear from Brian again, we'll know why. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, then we got another comment from uh, Dr. Ange. He says, I do like the indignation in Superman's response to Lex. He has been pretty subdued, even in this super heroic so far. So it was good to see Superman kind of lose his cool a little in the context of a major threat. Humanizes him in some way. Yeah, just like, no, don't do it. The people, you know, so it's... <laughs> Which we will get to. <laughs> Stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, episode 24, Stealing a Kiss. We got comments from Chuck Coletta, Siskoid, Tim Price, Michael Ridge, Mel, and Ange, again, who says, I think Superman could have saved himself. But he knew that by feigning weakness, Miss Tessmacher would jump into the water, get her white outfit drenched, and plant one on him. Then she'd save him. Same result, better process. I think that's how Andrew would have gone about it. Never thought about how the lava scene echoes Krypton's death throes. Cool. Yeah. That's true. Any any plan that involves uh, Valerie Prime jumping into water, yeah, that's a good plan. That's a win, 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 win. (laughs) Yeah. We also got a comment from Paul Wildenberger who says, So Chris begins a story about a toddler wandering towards traffic, and he starts running fast. And... With Rob's wind on the bridge story, we can at least assume it turned out all right because he is the one telling the story. I'm guessing nothing ended up okay because I don't think Chris would bring up a tragic tale just to brag about his ability to access the speed force. <laughs> yeah, it ended. I, I guess I really didn't realize I got cut. We, I didn't finish that story. So, yes, the kid, I ran toward the kid. But luckily, another, as I was running up to him, a, a, a truck, I mean, there was traffic going back and forth, but somebody else spotted the kid in a truck. And it was like a, a city worker uh, truck. And they stopped and they, they grabbed the kid. And I ran up to him. And the guy looked at me with this look of like, I'm going to kill you. And he said, Is this your kid? And I'm like, No. Ah, okay. I saw him too. And he's like, Oh, okay. And he's like, Well, wait. and then we had to figure out where he came from. And, and then the police, Cindy had already called the police, I think. The police came, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, and we ended up finding where the kid went. And I think the police had a. A nice talk with the parents who said that the kid was just basically, I guess, scot free and he could escape out of anything and <laughs> get out of the house. He got out of the house all the time. It made me think of that old Tom and Jerry cartoon where they're babysitting the the baby or that Baby's Day Out movie or whatever. Yeah, where the baby, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. But it could have been really bad. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So that's enough on the baby story. So, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you got a chance to wrap it up, though. That's good. I realized that we did. you didn't finish the story. I forgot all about that. Well, there you go. That was a long, long time coming there, I guess. Uh, episode 25 was There Goes the Monkey Shot with Bob Fisher. Thanks to Bob for that uh, yep. that title on that one. Uh, we got comments from Daniel Ulrich, Ward Hill Terry, David A. Scudieres, Chuck Coletta, and our pal Siskoid. And the 108th Sage says, okay, 
So I'm on episode 12 or so, slowly and sporadically making my way through this wonderful podcast. I have since memory of this movie from my childhood, but don't actually remember seeing it in the theater or on TV later or what, unlike Star Wars. At a drive-in, and one of my earliest memories is in one of my earliest memories is standing up on the hump of the backseat floorboard and watching the movie between my parents, E.T., etc. Uh, okay, well that's you know interesting because he's he's knows he saw it, but he doesn't remember when. That's there's a couple of movies like that, and I I debate back and forth. Did I see that in the theater or not? You know, it's. It's kind of strange, you know, and I, I and, and eventually stuff will pop in my head and say, oh, yeah, I did see that or no, I didn't see that. But so I understand that. And he continues. Anywho, all that led me to tracking down the Superman movies and rewatching Superman one through three for the first time as an adult and seeing Superman four and returns for the first time. They were actually not as bad as I expected based on all the negative buzz I heard about them. Not particularly good, mind you, just not bad. The real the real winners, of course. Superman 1 and 2, I definitely remember that I liked Superman 2 more than the first one as a kid, and listening to the two of you and all of your wonderful guests has been a real joy as I really as I relive seeing this amazing movie five minutes at a time. I decided I'll rewatch Superman the movie sometime after I finish listening to the podcast so I can notice in real time all those things like miniature churches and the like. <laughs> I thank you both and your wonderful guests again from the bottom of my red and blue with a touch of yellow heart. <laughs> That's a great comment. Yes, it was. It was. It was a great comment. Thank you very much. That that means a lot. I mean, the fact that, I mean, that that's that that really is neat. That you know, you know, I mean, a lot of our friends that comment on our other shows and things, we we know they're fans of this movie. Uh, but it's nice to hear from somebody that like hasn't really watched the movie in a long time that we actually, you know, us talking about it, kind of say, oh, I'll go check that out. Because I mean, I, I mean, I know. Well, you're not. That's nothing new to you, Rob, because you've got film and water, and you're right, all the time. Right. And people say, oh, I've never seen this movie, and they go watch it, and they'll report back to you. And, I mean, there's a lot of movies that you've covered that I have personally went out and watched after. But for me, it's kind of different, and, and I really appreciate it. That's great. Yeah, it's terrific. I'm glad we were able to bring that back to him, although I could argue with – never mind. Uh, so, <laughs> Superman 4. All right, so anyway, uh, episode 26, a uh, job well done. we got comments from Ange, David H. Gutierrez, and Dan Doherty, who says, In 2001, when the extended cut of Superman the movie was for, for, first released on DVD, I was not too happy that they fiddled around with the audio. Last but not least, when the Superman motion picture anthology Blu-ray set was released in 2011, Warner Brothers finally included the original theatrical audio as an option. Since then, every time I watch the theatrical cut of Superman the movie, I always set the audio to 2.0 stereo. That way the movie sounds exactly like it did in 1978. And I can hear the scream sounds just right. Okay, now I didn't know you could do that. I have that Blu-ray set, and the next time I watch it, I'm doing that. because I... Yeah, I didn't know about any of that. Yeah, because I mean, I noticed when you know the when the the special edition, really the first DVD as far as I know of the movie came out in two thousand one. You know, they had futzed with the sound. You know, they had upped some of the swooshing sounds in the beginning of it, and and other things here and there. And I would like to go back and hear it as is. I mean, it's not it's not anything like what Star Wars fans have to deal with oh, by any means. God no. But 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 uh, it's nice to know that the original version of the movie, the the audio of the original version of the movie is out there for us to enjoy. That's great. You know, since you since you brought it up, I, I will say this because I'm a big star. I know I'm a big Star Wars person, and you you like Star Wars, but you're not like a mega fan or anything. And right. the, the the one difference between I don't mind if a filmmaker wants to. I don't think they should probably because they could just leave it alone. But nevertheless, I don't mind if somebody futzes with a movie 
ad infinitum, just make the original always available. That's all. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if they if they mess if they have 19 different versions of the Superman audio. Just make the original also available. That's the problem with Star Wars is that Lucas was like, I'm fitzing with the movies, and you can't have the old ones. That's the right. problem. So to me, the fact that Warner Brothers allows you to switch the audio tracks, that's great. Then you can pick which one you like. It's perfect. It pleases everybody. Well, it's like, you know, like think, I think about like a movie that everybody talks about. Like if they ever found the, the version of Frankenstein meets the Wolfman where Lugosi talks as the monster, I would love for them to oh, put that sure. out. Oh, sure. Yeah, but don't ever get rid of the other version. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, make it two different versions. Why not? Why not? Do, that's yeah. With with Blu-rays, you have like unlimited space now to put things right. on. You know, so it makes no sense. That, so hey, you know, no, well handled, Warner Brothers. Uh, we also got a comment from Luke Dobb who says, "I'm surprised this episode wasn't titled The Scream." I have to say, this movie has so many great lines that every episode I had to really struggle with what to title it. Cause I was like, Oh, this is good. This is good. The only, there goes the monkey shot was the only one I was like, no, that's the title. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I did briefly consider the screen, but I don't know. I, I went with the job well done. Anyway, he continues. Superman scream is one of the favorite, one of my favorite movie moments of all time. It's so gut wrenching. So visceral. So raw. This is what a, uh, this is what a soul in torment sounds like. I love this moment because I feel it so deeply. Reeve delivers it beautifully from the build up to the release. Right on. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I got to say, Rob, you know, we brought up that uh, Christopher Reeve, you can see his dental work in the what <laughs> he screams. And now people are saying the same thing with uh, Chris Evans in the in the shot with uh, where Captain America grabs Thanos's hand when he's coming at him in the last Avengers Infinity War trailer. So uh, people are bringing bringing that up and then bringing Christopher Reeve's dental work back up, too. So <laughs> it's another connection that Chris Evans has to Chris. There you Christopher go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, episode 27 was if i could turn back time with andy leyland (laughs) i almost sang that like share but i decided not to uh we got comments from robert ward Ange, mark baker wright chuck coletta and ward hill terry and david ace gutierrez uh, wrote back in again to say i'll say this of robert deforest kelly (laughs) of all the souls i've encountered in my travels his was the most human that beautiful bald (laughs) bastard is fantastic (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You beautiful bald bastard. Uh, Personally, I appreciated Rob's unique take on this. I've seen this movie dozens of times, so the introduction of anything is is most welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, Robert DeForest. Now we know what your middle name is. That's Mm -hmm. that's really cool. DeForest. That's awesome. I would be Uh, awesome if that was my middle name. That would have been so cool. Yeah. Who doesn't love DeForest Kelly? I mean, God. Nobody. Nobody does. If you don't like DeForest Kelly, just get out. That's all I got to say. Uh, Gord Tolton says, uh, Andy stole every defense I ever had for the time travel events of the 78 movie. This was a story that you could have read in any silver or bronze age Superman story scripted by Bender, Shooter, Bates, Pasco, or Magan. The impossible was what the Superman of that era was about. I also defend Gene Hackman. The only imprint we had for a comic book villain on film was Gorshin, Romero, and Meredith. And in fact, Hackman, as Rob and Chris have noted in this podcast series, as we've gone on, there is an incredibly psychopathic edge to Luthor beyond the peel of Hackman's so-called scene-chewing. He makes us laugh, but let's face it, this guy is ready to kill millions. It's just that Donner has more taste than to make us watch every death graphically. Excuse me, ha- I have to cough. <coughs> a Zach! <coughs> uh, <laughs> 
Congratulations on reaching the end of this, gentlemen. Nerds truly would not be the armchair filmmakers, and there would be no cinematic superheroes without this film. Its place in history is secure. True enough. I can agree with that completely. Yep. I, I'm surprised that way Gord said, I defend Gene Hackman. Does he need defending? Does Are there people who don't like Gene Hackman in this movie? I guess there must be. I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, I have heard, and I think when we first started this movie, I kind of came, I, you know, as we've gone along, it's kind of left my mind, but there are some people who think that Lex is just as campy as the Adam West villains, and I think they're wrong. I mean, yeah, I, I, I think they're, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think, I think if you really watch this performance, like he said, I mean, there's, uh, there, there's an edge to Lex. There, there's a, I mean, Lex's, Lex's humorous demeanor is, is, is part of his, self-satisfaction he's yeah, so yeah. enamored with himself he's just giddy that he's just i'm so damn good you know i mean yeah that's, exactly that's his whole outlook on everything I, I love him in this movie he's just I great yeah so okay uh episode 28 the last episode credit cards uh, we got comments from paul hicks chuck coletta sean strawbridge iced d Ange, brian linton and sphinx magoo who said can i reserve a spot now for a man of steel minute uh <laughs> which to which siskoid responded too soon and then I responded, you'll have to ask those guys covering Man of Steel because it sure as hell ain't us. That's right. This is absolutely true. We're not covering that movie. Uh, we also got a comment from David Ace Gutierrez who says, congrats, fellas, you made it. Now, I can tell you both what I told Rob about how miraculously structured this film is and how much, with it, gets, how much it gets away with. First off, this movie is a contradiction of styles. We open on curtains parting, then the shots of a comic book with that kid reading it, so the film has begun to distance itself from the viewer. Then we go to Krypton, to Smallville, and to Metropolis in pretty standard fashion. Then we get the Clark breaking the fourth wall by winking at the audience. Then there's the nice slapstick comedy from Otis. Then the Lois voiceover. And then the time travel. Finally, the movie closes with Superman yet again acknowledging the audience before flying off. Now let's say this had been a spec script or something from a film class. Everyone would say to have, to have, to have all these competing tropes would be insane. Voiceover? by which many a screenwriting teacher calls the laziest of devices, along with time travel and breaking the fourth wall? How dare they? And yet they did. And more importantly, it worked. Was it a perfect movie? No, of course not. He's wrong about that. But he says, but holy shit, does this movie sing? It may have been a total mess behind the scenes, but you'd never know it by looking at it. That's, once again, a tribute to Richard Donner. <laughs> this all came together because of him. Right, yeah, and I mean, I think he, I, uh, yeah, I, I think we've kind of made the same point, and he says it very well, very succinctly, that, yeah, this movie shouldn't work <laughs> on paper. It, it really should not work, but uh, and under lesser hands, this formula, not quite right, does not work as well as it does right here. Mm -hmm. So that is the Donner factor. That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, we also got a comment from Groovy Mike Decker who says, wow, who would have guessed that the longest episode would be about the end credits? Chris and Rob, you did a great job of this entire series. I'm sad that it's almost over. If only I could turn the, back the world and have you do it all over again. I guess I'll just have to go back to the first episode and listen to a Superman Movie Minute marathon instead. Well, we're not totally done just yet with this iteration of Superman, but we'll get to that in a moment, Mike. And then finally, we got a comment from Claire Stimp, who says, Thank you very much for providing all of us with such an excellent, entertaining podcast. I fell in love with Superman the movie when I was a kid, mostly because of Christopher Reeve, I'll admit. Can't believe me there, Claire. And it's been my favorite film ever since. I didn't think it was possible, but after listening to this podcast, I think I may love and admire this fantastic film even more. Looking forward to listening to the last episode. You certainly have my vote for Superman 2 Movie Minute if you have the time, energy, and courage to pursue it. 
Thank you very much, Claire. It's great to hear from you. And uh, I think that's, I would speak for Chris here and say, I think uh, if, if, if anyone comes away from this podcast liking Superman the movie even more, then that was totally worth it. Right. We did our job. Because, <laughs> I mean, let's face it, you and I both knew going into this that we were going to love on this movie five minutes at a time. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to wax this movie's car big time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we were gonna, you know, we were gonna point out things like little model towns that don't quite look as 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 good as some of the other effects and things like that. But we were, you know, we knew going in that that uh, that we were we were objective about it to a point. But we were already in love with this movie, and you know, if if us spreading that around, spread that out to other people, then then that's great. And I feel like you know that makes me feel good because. Yeah, I feel like we kind of not that this movie needs champions. It's got enough champions. Everybody loves this movie pretty much. But, you know, we put it out there and said, hey, this is a great movie. And we're really taking our time to look at this in, you know, in macro vision here. And, you know, other people like said, hey, I should go back and watch that or, you know, and, and reexamine it in their heads. And so, yeah, we that makes me feel really good. We did something good. Absolutely. Uh, we got a few emails. We got an email from Scott Carson who writes, Hey guys, I am really enjoying your Superman Minute podcast. I was so excited to see someone recapping Superman the movie. It was always one of my favorite movies since my dad brought me to see it when I was a seven-year-old boy. This movie has the humor and whimsy that many of the new Superman incarnations do not. Christopher Reeve is and will always be my Superman. Uh, well, you're welcome, Scott. And uh, yeah, he'll always be my Superman too. <laughs> Seven years old is the perfect age to see, and that's when I saw it. It's an absolutely perfect age to see Superman the movie. So, yeah. uh, and related to that, we got a comment on Facebook from Charlie Niemeyer, who sent us this great post. He says, "Thanks to Rob Killing Chris Franklin, I've been wanting to watch some Superman lately. Tonight, I showed the helicopter scene to the kids. Not their first time seeing it, but this is the most engrossed they've ever been. I actually did try to get their attention, but they couldn't hear me apparently." But my favorite bit was just a little earlier. We watched through the part of the credits where I was going through the scene selection, and when the Superman symbol flashes on the screen, Megan says, wow! And he posted a picture of the two kids watching the movie, like, in total rapt attention. It's such, I love those photos of kids watching a movie and just being totally zoned out on it. That's great. I, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that, Charlie. It's a great, great photo. Yeah, that, that, that warmed my heart. I mean, it, it, it really did. It's like... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, my kids, I mean, of course, I, you know, they've watched it and they, they've watched it. They they have not just when I wanted to watch it, they pulled the movies out and watched them themselves, particularly the first one. And so, but, you know, I mean, they're my kids. I, you know, pretty much brainwashed them. Uh, so, but to <laughs> yes, hear Dad, other... we love Burt Reynolds. Yes. <laughs> right. But, but, uh, you know, to hear other people uh, have a similar experience, it's just, it's just great. And it just shows how timeless this movie is, you know. Yep. It's fantastic. Oh, and, of course, we had our Superman extended cut Blu-ray contest that we ran. Uh, we've got a copy, or Rob's actually got a copy, of the, uh, the, the two-movie collection that Superman, the extended cut, the three-hour TV cut, and it's also got the special edition, uh, the Richard Donner director cut on it. Uh, and, uh, we had a contest for it. Uh, we asked people to send in, uh, what they, what, you know, what, how they felt about Superman, the movie. And, uh, we got many great entries. We thank everyone who entered. Uh, they were all great. Uh, it was kind of hard for me and Rob to decide, but, uh, we talked back and forth and, uh, the winner of the extended cut is Sean Strawbridge. Yay, and Sean, yay Sean. All right. 
Uh, Sean wrote in to say, this is my entry for Superman the Movie Extended Cut Blu-ray Contest, as announced on Superman Movie Minute, Metropolis Mailbag episode. I love Superman the Movie because it, along with the original Star Wars, was one of the first films I ever saw as a child and helped to shape my imagination and inspire me. It maybe wasn't my introduction to the character, I think Super Friends probably was, but it definitely solidified my attachment to the character. The movie gives us a Superman to inspire and save not only Lois and the citizens of Metropolis, but on some level us as well. Particularly in the cynical era that it was released in, kind of like today's world, Christopher Reeve gave us not only an honest, earnest, and sincere performance, but also reminded us of what a hero can be and how we so desperately need them. He showed us that while many people, even some fans, claim that the character is outdated and doesn't reflect modern society's values, our world needs and will always need Superman. He's the world's first and perhaps best superhero, and the movie honored that legacy in every way. Even today, with the onslaught of Marvel films, superhero TV shows, and DC's attempt to rival Marvel's on-screen popularity, Superman the movie remains the benchmark that all other superhero films are compared to. Even 40 years after its release, it's, it's simply the best movie in that genre, period. And I agree, Sean. Well said. <laughs> well said. So very, congr- very yeah, well congratulations, said. Sean. Um, use the contact form on our website, firewaterpodcast.com, to send us your address, and I will be mailing you the Blu-ray as soon as possible. Yay. It's awesome. Thanks, everybody, for entering. It was great. It was really great reading all those uh, uh, honorifics for the movie. So thanks, everybody, for entering. We really appreciate it. Yes, very much so. Well, uh, final thoughts, Chris. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're done. We're, we wrapped it up. Um, there is one thing I want to mention. I thought it was really funny. Is uh, There was an episode of the podcast Slash Film Daily, uh, mm-hmm. which is a spinoff of the Slash Filmcast, which I'm a big fan of. And they did an episode about um, why do video game movies suck? That was the whole premise of this episode. And one of the guests was talking about that, you know, if you compare the genres, you know, it takes a long time to make a good movie. And they were saying about how, like, how long were comic books around before you had a good comic book movie? You know, comic books were around, like, probably 30, 40 years before they made a really good movie. And I thought that's an interesting observation. And so I was, I was laying down, right, when I was listening to this show. And yeah. one of, one of the, the guests, one of the hosts, says... Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, really, the first good superhero movie is Spider-Man. And I was like, what? Like, I literally, like, jumped off. And I was ready to, like, write an angry email. And then, luckily, two seconds after that, the other guests were like, well, no, wait a minute. Superman. Superman, the movie's the first. And then that guy who said that comment went, oh, yeah, you're right, of course. Superman, that's the first good one. I was like, Okay. <laughs> it was like, but that was my initial reaction when I heard that. It was just like I went into like berserker rage, you know. I was like, "How dare you say that?" The first good Superman, like first good Superman movie was not Superman. What's the matter with you? So, yeah, that that them fighting words. I yeah, mean, you seriously, know, man. Well, and I mean, to me, that's even insulting because you're ignoring. Of course, Superman the movie, that's the big insult. But what about, like, Batman 1989? I mean, I that's know, a pretty big, really, yeah, pretty big was, benchmark, too, yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. you know, so it's like, yeah. People with short. I was shocked by my own react. You know, I was just like, this cannot stand. I was so mad. Well, you know, now that's a good time to bring up. I know I shared with you. My son Andrew shared shared with me. He saw there was recently an event where Richard Donner was honored. And uh, Kevin Feige and Jeff Johns, who had both worked for Richard Donner, 
uh, were up there, you know, uh, honoring him up, to, up on the podium together. And uh, Kevin Feige, who is the head of Marvel Studios, is, um, you know, who have, you know, I mean, my God, the Infinity War is getting ready to come out. Black Panther has blown past every conceivable record you could ever think of. Third highest uh, grossing film of all time. Yes. I mean, holy cow. And, and Kevin Feige stood up on that podium as, you know, as the head of Marvel Studios and said, Superman the movie is the benchmark that the Marvel Studios movies follow. They watch Superman the movie every time they start a superhero origin movie. They'll go back, watch Superman the movie, and basically say, this is the template that we have to follow. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. You know, a company, you know, corporate comic company and corporate politics aside, Kevin Feige just said, yeah, we're Marvel, but we watch Superman the movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I mean, that's that was, yeah, mind blowing. So, I mean, that if that isn't justification enough, uh, I mean, you know, it took it took a long time for the superhero movie genre to become the the monolithic machine that it is nowadays but without superman the movie i don't think we would have it i mean i honestly don't think without the treatment that they gave it it would exist because you stop and think about other other adaptations of similar characters okay you know you had the batman movie in the 66 that was a spinoff from the tv show they were originally going to do the movie first and then do the tv show and then they ended up doing it in the break between season one and two, but it was definitely an extension of the TV show. It was not, you know, thought of, well, let's do, you know, let's do Batman's origin story here and this and that. It's just a longer TV show episode with a bigger budget. Uh, you know, Superman, the movie could have been, you know, I, I mean, we got to give the salt kind some credit. They saw this as a big movie. Now they may not have seen it as a movie, uh, that we would have wanted to see, but they did see it as a big movie. We have to give um, Ilya Salkine credit for that. But the movie very easily could have become a musical. They could have adapted the musical because both Annie was, you know, comic strip character brought in, in as a movie uh, adaptation of the musical. Popeye was developed as a musical uh, a few years later. And so Superman, the movie did not have to be, you know, it's it's hard to think now, but Superman the movie was so unique for its time that they took this character and took everything. Yes, there's humor in it, of course, but they they you know the verisimilitude that that Richard Donner preached. They took it so seriously that they adapted the adapted it the way they did. It, there was nothing written in stone that says, okay, well this is how they're going to adapt it. It could have been a farce. It could have been a musical. Not that it would have been horrible if it was a musical, but it, it would have been a totally different animal. Oh yeah. And and we wouldn't have that template. The guy who's running the these top grossing movies that and very entertaining movies that most of us enjoy said this is this is the template. It wouldn't be there. So I mean, I don't know what else what can, what else can you say is you know this is really in in a, in a lot of ways other than on a personal level that Superman the movie is so very much important and it's almost even more important. I think it's more important now. Uh, we realize, I think, because of the shape of what's, what's going on in Hollywood and the kind of movies that are are getting made and are so successful, Superman the movie is almost more important now than it was back then. Its importance is more recognized now. 
Am yeah, I wrong? Sure. No, Patty Jenkins talked about that she referred to Superman the movie as her inspiration for Wonder Woman. I mean, good Lord, they've even got that scene in the alleyway, which is a virtual clone of the yeah. scene in the alleyway from Superman. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I hate to make this comparison because it sounds a little much like, but but I don't know. I, I keep going back to it, like very much how Birth of a Nation or Citizen Kane, at the, for their moment, they took everything that was available, the filmmakers that, that made them, not just Orson Welles and D.W. Griffith, but everyone that worked on it, took everything that was available to them at in the movies at that time and, and developed, took all those things, developed them and pushed them forward and showed everybody afterwards what you can do. Hey, this, a movie can look like this. And uh, every movie after Birth of a Nation uh, is, is a influenced by Birth of a Nation, and same thing with Citizen Kane. And while I don't want to say Superman the movie is of a level of those two films, it, it's similar in that um, Richard Donner took everything that was available to him in terms of the special effects and the, what could be achieved visually with influences from old Hollywood. I mean, again, you've got kind of like, uh, you know, humor, you've got the sort of old school humor, you've got a musical number for Pete's sakes. It's a mixture of old and new. And as we see that the movie is still influencing people 40 years later, you know, you've got, as you just said, you've got Kevin Feige saying the movie is an inspiration of the Marvel Universe. So even though that movie's 40 years old and technology's out of date and nobody does those things anymore, it still tonally points the way on how to do these things. So yeah, the movie is still influential uh, 40 years later. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still, you know, I mean, it's it's relevant. It's so very relevant to filmmakers. And as far as Superman goes, I mean, and and this isn't to bash Superman Returns or Man of Steel, but I mean, there's so much of Superman lore that you know is based on what was introduced in this movie or this version, you know, Superman from this movie. I mean, you know, like uh, like Dan Greenfield said when he was a guest. If Superman does something in the comics that seems like something Christopher Reeve wouldn't do, it seems wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, so I mean, it's like you know, and I mean, he solidified that character for so many people, uh, and and just I mean, some of the trappings of the movie. I mean, uh, I actually wrote an article for Back Issue Magazine that'll be coming out in in the the fall uh, that uh, that talks about how. Um, you know, the influences that the, the Superman the movie had on other Superman media, you know, how it was picked up. I mean, still today, there's elements that were introduced in this movie. It's very, you know, most movies, I mean, other than, oh, of course, Star Wars being a big exception, uh, which came out the a year before, obviously. But, you know, most movies from 40 years ago, that 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 influence isn't radiating any longer. You know, it's it's. It's 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 kind of you know I mean it still might be appreciated and looked back upon as as oh well that was a great movie you know but it's like it's not like people are actively pulling from that movie mm-hmm. they're not they're not they're not looking at it as this is a template or this is this is where you need to go with this character or you know or you know or people are pointing to it to say you went in the opposite direction of this movie and and look what it did for you it mm-hmm. didn't work you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's you went against the grain to try to get away from it, and that doesn't work. You need to embrace this movie, not deny it. You know, uh, Man of Steel, <clears throat> Zack Snyder. Uh, but, but now, Chris, <laughs> I'm just saying, Marvel movies very successful. DC movies, other than Wonder Woman, not so successful. Little mixed, uh, little mixed, yeah, little mixed, little mixed. So you know, uh, 
So I'm not saying, you know, not, and I'm saying that people can't go make their own movie and do what they want to with it. But Superman, the movie is, you know, and it was, it was, and like you said, it was these, it was these guys that were, you know, it was this assemblage of people. It was a, it was, and it's such, the story of it is so great because it's so, like we said, it's such a, it's such a strange journey. I mean, it's basically Ilya Salkin saying, man, I, you know, I think we should make a Superman movie, dad. And he's like, who's Superman? That's, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that the, <laughs> the, the elder Salkin had no idea who Superman was? How's that even possible? Right. Yeah. It's, it, it, and, and then they're, and then they's like, well, we need to get some big stars in this. And, and I mean, and that was important that they wanted to like put some money behind this. And then, you know, and it went through directors and went through countries it was going to be filmed in. And they had, like supporting actors who were the 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 people that gathered them you know helped gather money for the project but they didn't have a superman and i mean it's just it's amazing that the film came together as it did and as we've have waxed his car repeatedly it it all comes back to richard donner it it's it's his vision you know he pulled in tom mankiewicz to to fix the script mm-hmm. to take out silly things like telly savalas which jeff johns brings up the telly savalas thing in that a little clip that it's on Newsarama about uh, the little uh, uh, the speech they give about about Richard Donner, but uh, you know he took out silly things like that, gave us gave the movie a lot of heart, uh, gave it a sincere sincerity that that wasn't there, and I mean it's just amazing to think that that this movie came together. This movie, I think I said that when I, we did this on Film and Water. This movie has that old school Hollywood movie magic feel to it. it yep. It's it's like a '70s version version of The Wizard of Oz to me. It really is. It's like, you know, on paper, some of the aspects of The Wizard of Oz shouldn't work together. You know, it's like, well, why is the beginning in sepia tone, and then, you know, and then then it's in color, and then the, you know, and it's 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 a kid movie, but the the witch and the monkeys are scary, and you know, and and but yet it all works together, and and it's this, you know, it it becomes this this film that is. It's it's kind of just stands above a lot of other films. I'm not trying to. I mean, of course, it's my favorite movie, and 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 on a personal level, but it, it obviously, you know, it, it's kind of justified by the fact that it is still so so relevant to to people today. It's it's amazing to you know. There's very few other movies from 40 years ago that are. Yep. So. Holds up. And you know, and, and and on a personal level, I mean, I gotta say, uh, for me, I really I'm really glad that that you came to me and said, hey, you know what do you think about doing a movie by minute on Superman, the movie, which, <laughs> which took me like about two seconds to say, yes. I mean, I stumble over my words quite a bit as you can tell, but, but I couldn't say yes fast enough because, and I really do thank you for asking me to do it because as close as I've always been to this movie, I've probably seen it more than any other movie. I watched it, rewatched it more times than any other movie. I feel closer to it now than I did even before we started, because, you know, we did, we did catch things we hadn't caught before. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did Mm -hmm. notice things and we did, you know, kind of put things in new perspective. And, and I, and, and that's a good thing. I mean, it really, it it really like reconnected me, not that I was ever very far, but it, it made me closer to my favorite movie. So thanks, Rob. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you, Chris. I mean, yeah, we did notice new things. We got some things wrong, like Leslie Brickus, a man. Not a woman. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he got that wrong. Yeah, um, thanks, Dan. Dan thank, thank you, Dan Greenfield. But, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, well, of course, we have to thank, uh, I have to thank Alex Robinson and Peter Retailer for doing Star Wars Movie Minute because they were the guys that sure. pioneered this format. And when they allowed other people to use it, I was like, you know, it just feels like, wow, what a great way to pay tribute and have a lot of fun talking about one of your favorite movies. So um, luckily, I was able to borrow that format. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it was the kind of thing where I was like, I really want to do this, but do we have time? And like, do, do I want to do I want to do it alone? No, I don't. Oh, Chris would be great for this. It was perfect. And you know, I don't know. We're gonna we're this is certainly not the last episode of either Superman Movie Minute and what we're gonna do later on, which we'll get to momentarily. So I don't want to turn this into uh, the, the Sammy Maudlin hour or whatever. But I will say this: <laughs> ever since I met Chris via email via uh, the internet, when the first time. He left a comment on the Aquaman Shrine, which would have been like, I don't know, 11 years ago at this point, I think. Yeah, probably, um, yeah. Something like that. First of all, you're the first member of FOAM. You're the first ever mm-hmm. member of Friends of Aquaman. But the first time, ever since the first time you left a comment on the Aquaman Shrine, um, I have never had a single negative interaction with you, ever. You have always been a positive thing in my life. And I've been running the Shrine for so many years, and... I've done a lot of things on the internet, and they get comments from people and here and there. And there are some people who I won't mention, but there are some people when I see in my phone that there's a comment from so and so, I sometimes are like, oh, I have no idea what they're going to say. You know, like it might be a ding, it might be a this or that. But every single time something comes in from you, I'm like, it's a positive thing. And I don't mean that the comment is positive, because sometimes, you know, you were like, hey, Rob, you got this wrong, or this or that, or I disagree, but the way you did it was always so positive. And so you have just been nothing but like a positive force in my life. And I appreciate that. And that is one of the things where like, do I want to co-host a show with somebody? And you find, and you, is this someone I want to spend a lot of time with? And it was an immediate, yes. It was like, yeah, I can't imagine having more fun than talking about Superman, the movie with Chris. So you've just been nothing but a great friend for 11 years now. And I, this has been an enormous amount of fun. Oh, the feeling's quite mutual, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it. So, all right, let's move on from the sappy stuff. Uh, <laughs> we have to talk about what's next. What is next for Superman Movie Minute? I mean, now, of course, we uh, this is the last episode of the show for now, but we are going to do some special episodes, and I don't think we want to get into what they're going to be just yet, but we have some Superman the Movie-related stuff that Chris and I intend to cover, and so mm-hmm. the episodes will pop up here and there, and they mm-hmm. will be part of this feed, the Superman Movie Minute feed. And so we think those will be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to them. We don't have any of them scheduled just yet, but we have a list of things that we want to get to, and we will get to them. So this is the last episode sort of for now, but the show will be back when you least expect. Yes, it'll just pop up, you'll think. So don't unsubscribe, for, for yes, Pete's sake. Yes, <laughs> keep this in your feed, because the show will <laughs> occasionally reappear. And... Um, I guess now we need to address the elephant in the room, Superman 2 movie minute. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we always plan to do it. Everybody's been talking about, are you going to do it? Yes, we are going to do it. We're not going to do it just yet, and we don't have an immediate date because Chris and I have to work out some things about uh, some, some legal documents him and I have to sign. And um, we have some things we need to figure out about how we kind of want to do it, but we are going to do it. So everybody, don't worry. We will be covering Superman 2, uh, probably certainly five minutes at a time, the way we did this one, at some point. So again, like as Chris said, don't unsubscribe, because we will be doing Superman 2 at some point. 
we'll be coming back and it'll be me and some other guy named Rob. It won't be Rob Kelly. It'll be Rob something else. And, <laughs> and I won't be real happy about it, but it'll be under contract and I'll have to do it. It's just be like Superman two. Right. We'll get Andy Leland to bring in all the, all the humor, you know, it'll be perfect. Now, if it was Andy now that the, <laughs> so. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, no, I'm just making a Superman two joke though. But yeah, I'm, I, you know, really with Superman two, you know, when I, I was kind of like, um, uh, I was one of those kids. I think when I was a kid, there was at one. There was at one one period where I kind of did like Superman two better than. Oh, Superman me too. Because it's it's more fun. It's a comic book. It's a pure right. comic book. Absolutely. Yeah. No. I. We, we can talk about that when we get to it. Yeah. No. There was for many years. I was like Superman two is way better than Superman because it's got the Phantom Zone villains and they're smashing stuff. You know. Right. It's just to me as I as I've quote unquote grown up, I just appreciate the majesty uh, and the the, 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 the the qualities of Superman, the movie, more than Superman 2. But Superman 2 is just a load of fun. Yeah, it is. And it's been it's been a while since I've like actively rewatched it. So I'm, I'm looking forward. Of course, I'll go through and rewatch it before we get started. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And of course, we are going to cover the, the theatrical version of yeah, Superman. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, will, you will never find... Uh, saying anything anything negative about Richard Donner or Tom Mankiewicz, but the in my opinion the Superman Donner cut Superman two Donner cut is not a real movie. It's a it's a work print. It's a nice kind of diversion, but it's not a real movie. And we can talk right. about that at the time. And I will say this as a tease: I think Superman two features the single greatest comic book movie moment of all time. Oh, oh, I, th- I, think, that you is... can, I think you can figure out what that moment is, <laughs> but. I think it, it's the greatest moment of all time, and it is a moment that I saw in the theater. So you're now you're talking uh, what, thirty eight years ago? I still remember it in being in the theater when that moment happened. I still remember it to this. I remember where it was, what theater I was at, everything. So we will. We, I look forward to doing that. Well, I you know I've got to I got to say that uh, there is one particular scene in Superman two that I will just. Pop in the DVD, even though it's only like a few seconds long, I will pop it in the DVD or find it on YouTube and just watch that scene over and over again. I probably mentioned it before, but it is absolutely one of my favorite Superman, Christopher Reeve Superman scenes of all time. So that's, you know, not not as juicy as yours, but I've got one too. So. Yeah, no, that'll, that'll be a lot of fun when we get to it. So like I said, everybody, don't worry. We will get to it. Just yes. not, not just yet, but we will get yeah. to it. And we call dibs, of course. We, we call dibs, dibs on. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess that'll do it. That'll that'll do it for for now for the weekly iteration of Superman Movie Minute. Um, of course, like we said, stay tuned for occasional specials and special episodes that'll that'll drop. But uh, you know, as of right now, this is uh, this is it. And Rob thanked uh, Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson uh, from Movie by Minute Family. Uh, and you know, allowing us to come in and do it, but we want to thank them again. Uh, they're doing Revenge of the Sith right now. It's a whole lot of fun. If you haven't been listening to it, they're they're down. They're they're on Mustafar in the fight with you know the final battle between uh, Obi Wan and Anakin. So it's pretty exciting stuff. So uh, I would I w- I'm having a lot of fun listening to that. So I'd go check that out. It's it's great. Uh, I would say join our never ending battle here next week on Superman Movie Minute, but. Uh, uh, the battle, the battle goes on, but uh, it'll be a, a little bit before we come back around. So not next week. So, but uh, but thanks everyone for listening, and uh, we will see you again on Superman Movie Minute. Bye. Bye. And by the way, Ryan, you can have him back now. <laughs>
is safe again, Superman. Thanks to you. No, sir. Don't thank me, Warden. We're all part of the same team. I... The appeal of flight, I mean, I mean, Batman's got a cool car, but flight is what really captures people's imagination. I mean, you take uh, two or three running steps and soar into the air. I mean, that's everybody's dream. <laughs>